You're going to like this building when you finally get in it. They've tried their darndest, they say, to replicate that Coliseum feel. Does that mean the Islanders start with a two, three week road trip? It, it could very well mean that. To see me in an Islanders hard hat and a big orange vest. Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast, episode 82, the UBS Arena Tour episode, which I'll be going over my tour of the under construction new home for the Islanders at Belmont Park, which was conducted by Oakview Group CEO Tim Laiwicki on Thursday, and uh, we'll be talking solely about uh, my observations and also uh, hearing some comments from uh, Tim Laiwicki as well. Hi, I'm your host, Andrew Gross of Newsday, and uh, if you so wish, you can find me on Twitter at agrossnewsday, and also, if you so wish, you can uh, subscribe to Newsday Islanders Text, which is your best direct connection to one-on-one communication with me. Uh, You can text 631-303-3766, that's 631-303-3766, or go to newsday.com backslash IELTS text to start your 14-day trial subscription. And as mentioned, I just want to go over uh, the tour we took on uh, Thursday, a group of about uh, uh, nine or ten media, and uh, along with uh, some representatives from the construction crew and uh, Tim Laiwicki of Oakview Group, the CEO of Oakview Group being the arena developer. Um, also, Michael Shortino, who is the uh, arena's operations vice president. Um, so, a, a good tour and uh, just like I said, I, I kind of want to give you my observations on what is going to be your new home uh, as much as it is the new home for the New York Islanders, it does not exist without you, the fans, going into the building. So, uh, 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 where to start? There was, uh, you know, we we were there for about an hour, 40 minutes or so. So, there was a lot to digest, a lot to see. Try and condense it as best I can for you. Uh, Tim Laiwicki, again, uh, the Oakview Group CEO, said Construction is about 75% complete. However, the the final 25% will be the toughest to complete. They're targeting November to open. Uh, The NHL came out this week and uh, said, or uh, I don't know if they officially said, um, but it's known that the NHL is going to start its season on October 12th. They're targeting UBS Arena at Belmont Park to open uh, in November. Uh, so does that mean the Islanders start with a two, three week road trip? It it could very well mean that, um, depends what point of November UBS arena is available for, but that's, uh, that, that's something down the road we can discuss. But, uh, again, Laiwiki again said the final 25% of construction will be the toughest. That's, you know, completing the bricks on the outside and getting all the tiling up and fully enclosing, uh, the arena, getting all the windows in, um, you know, once they get uh, the, the building fully enclosed and the roof is on and all that. But like I said, there are still some, uh, openings, uh, some, some rather big openings, uh, uh, you know, on the sidewall. So once that fully gets enclosed, all the contractors, 
uh, can get in there and, and complete all their work. Uh, it is exciting. All the uh, the piping for the ice surface, all of that is in place. And it looks pretty impressive without the concrete on top of it. And they showed us the closed loop system where uh, it goes to the pipes and it goes back to this massive cooling plant uh, off the ice. And they also showed us all the... Uh, uh, you know, the, the dehumidification system, which uh, they say is state-of-the-art. Uh, industry leader Munters uh, designed it, and, uh, you know, I don't know exactly how to quantify this, but they said it will increase airflow by 80%, and that will keep the humidity uh, down in the building. And uh, they're looking... Uh, I think optimum is about 40-45% humidity, uh, as I check my notes on this, uh, if I can find them. Uh, but, you know, the reason ice surfaces uh, are, are so bad around the NHL is because there's too much uh, humidity in buildings and the ice gets soft. So you have to keep the, uh, uh, the building at the correct temperature and you have to keep it at the right humidity. Um, and, and you're looking at about, you know, keeping the building, uh, where is it? Uh, I can't find it in my notes, unfortunately, but it was around 65 degrees in the building, at, I believe, with about 40, 45% uh, humidity. Let's see. So anyway, so, so the concrete is going to get poured uh, in a week from the tour. So uh, next Thursday, it will be poured and then it will take uh, 60 days to fully cure and that will be important after the 60 days. That's when they can, you know, when it's fully able to bear weight, that's when you can start hanging the scoreboard, uh, which I'll talk about. And also uh, you can start doing all the ceiling rigging. Um, the overall impression, uh, which, which is I'm sure what you're most interested in, not the, uh, the, the minutia of the, uh, the, the piping system, um, you're going to like this building when you finally get in. It's a really good combination of the modern and the nostalgic. There are great sight lines for all the seats, even those upper, upper, upper most row, you know, nine rows in that split upper bowl. Um, I believe the lower half of the upper bowl had only five rows, and then there was another, uh, you know, part with, I believe it was nine rows, um, but very, very steep, so it's not that far away from the ice. And the majority of the seats really are in this expansive lower bowl. Uh, the, the concourses are very wide, very spacious. Uh, I, I didn't get to check on the bathroom construction, but I can pretty much guarantee um, it will be a better situation than the Coliseum. And, and, and two spots really intrigued me. One was, uh, you know, this is going to come off. I, it, it doesn't intrigue me because it's a bar. It, it, it intrigues me because of the sight lines. But there is a, a center ice bar restaurant area with a, on, the, on the main concourse, I believe, with a completely unimpeded view of the ice. That is going to be a great spot to meet friends and, and just take a glance at the ice and, you know, have a drink or soda, grab a burger or something like that. That's going to be a great place, a, a great meeting spot. And then on the upper concourse, where on one end, there's another sort of bar uh, refreshment uh, area um, set up. Again, with no seats in front, you can walk right up to the rail and you, you have a, a great view straight down the ice. And there are going to be a ton of screens mounted on the wall there. A ton of screens planned all over the building, really. Um, that, that was a really good 
view of the rink up there on the upper concourse. That would be a fun place to to watch the uh, the game. And I I also really liked the outdoor setups they're planning. Uh, I mean, I, I'll admit I like being at Belmont Park. You know, for the horse races, those are fun days. You know, Belmont Stakes or not, just being out at the racetrack. You know, especially. Hanging out at the paddock area. I, I love the bucolic feel of the paddock and the, seeing the horses being saddled and, and coming out and really trying to figure out which horse is a good horse or not. So I, I love the paddock area. And one terrace, the northeast one, overlooks that paddock area. Uh, the other terrace, the northwest terrace, is, is sort of nestled between the outside of the arena, uh, the Belmont Park Grandstand, and the existing uh, Long Island Railroad Station. And sort of, you know, that's triangulated uh, beneath that is a plaza that can host about 5,000 people for outdoor you know, activities, pre-Islanders games, pre-Belmont Park races, post-Belmont Park races. Um, the, the terraces are all going to hold, you know, a couple of hundred people at maximum, but there, there are going to be 5,000 down in that plaza. Um, also, what I really like about the terraces and, and the two bars I mentioned, the center ice and the upper concourse at the end of the rink, is they're not exclusive areas. They're, they're, they are open to all ticket holders. And I think, you know, one of the things I, I, I see at the Coliseum, and I'm sure you feel, is this sense of community um, where, you know, it, it's one big family watching an Islander game at the Coliseum. That's always been the impression I have. And they've tried their darndest, they say, to replicate that Coliseum feel at UBS Arena. Now, no one can replicate the Coliseum, and that's one of the problems. It's it, it's small, it's antiquated, it's too tight, you know, the seats are too small. Uh, there's a lot you don't want replicated, but what you do want is that community feel, and, and also the overwhelming wave of noise um, uh, that can be heard at the Coliseum. And I'll get into the acoustics in a little bit uh, when I play some clips from uh, uh, Tim Laiwiki, but... What I do like is that the ceiling is really, compared to other buildings around the league, and I should say modern buildings around the league, I'm not talking about the Saddle Dome up in Calgary or anything like that, but compared to other buildings, this, this is a, a relatively low roof. Uh, I, I believe they gave us, it's about 93, 95 feet high. Um, and, you know, at, at the Barclays, you're talking about another 10, 12 feet, you know, so another story high, really. That is going to be able to keep the noise in. And also, again, it keeps, uh, especially with how steep the, uh, the, the split upper bowl is, that keeps people, you know, the fans closer to the ice. But when I talk about community, I like the fact that these bars are not these premium exclusive bars that only certain ticket holders can access. You know, I I think, you know, if you've gone to Yankee Stadium and that kind of moat that separates those really premium seats around the field with, you know, the rest of the, the, the lower stands and everything, and the, it's not a sense of community. There's a sense of, you know, a, a caste system. You know, they're, they're, they're really, really rich and then the only slightly rich who can afford Yankee games. Um, I, I, I do get the sense that they really worked on the sense of community at, at UBS Arena. Um, the, the seats now, I, I saw four of them installed 
Um, they do look a little wider, and they're certainly more padded and comfortable than what's at the Coliseum. Of course, the, the four seats I installed were right down by the rink, so uh, th those are premium seats. So I, I can't vouch for what's going to be in the upper bowl uh, or the rest of the lower bowl, but the, the four seats I saw were, were pretty nice seats. Um, Tim Lywicki also talked about the, the plethora of parking spots that are, are going to be developed around the area. Of course, the premium parking is closest to the arena and the new LIRR stop that is being constructed, which will not be open uh, in time for the targeted November opening. Um, it, it will not abut the arena, so there will probably be some on-site self-transportation that you need to uh, take care of and plan for to, to get to the arena. Um, and by that, I mean, you know, maybe a little bit of walking. Um, I, I know there are going to be, there's going to be parking. If you're familiar with Belmont Park, um, there is a huge, massive parking area opposite the grandstand on the other side of that big mile and a half track they got. So on the other side of there. And I've parked there a lot uh, on Belmont Stakes Days. Uh, they run shuttle buses to the grandstand, but really, if you walk around and, you know, on a summer day, it's a nice walk. You can look at the uh, track as, as you walk around. You know, maybe that's a 10-minute walk or so, uh, you know, 10, 12-minute uh, walk uh, to where the arena is, you know, depending on how fast you are. Um, now, I mentioned the scoreboard before, and it, it's going to be 42 feet by 42 feet. And what, what I like about this is it's not going to be overwhelming, uh, it, it seems. If you think the rink, uh, you know, it's 200 feet long. So something 42 feet, that seems reasonable. Um, you know, I, I, I'm one of these guys... I don't think the scoreboard should dominate your visual attention. I, I guess it's a, a personal, you know, matter uh, of preference. But those gigantic scoreboards, and I'm, I'm thinking, I don't know how many people have been down to games at Amelie Arena in, in Tampa, um, or how many have gone to Prudential Center, but those kind of giant scoreboards, your, your eye gets naturally sucked into looking at the scoreboard instead of the uh, the, the 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 live game, and that's one of one of the issues I also have when you go to a concert and there are all these monitors there. I, I want to watch the band on the stage, and my eyes always kind of drift towards the monitors. So you know, I I, I think forty two feet by forty two feet is going to be uh, you know a, a decent size. It, it's certainly not going to be the thirteen inch black and white TV uh, you, you currently have at the Coliseum. I think UBS is getting uh, the, the scoreboard size right. Now, there are going to be four major entries and exits into UBS Arena. Um, we got a tour of what is being called the Grand Lobby. And it's being designed uh, to, to harken back to, you know, the 1920s and, and Grand Central Station. And, uh, you know, that kind of feel. There are going to be murals on the wall. Uh, Tim Laiwicki was talking about all the, the tiling that's going to go up. There's going to be this, you know, central, you know, kind of grand central staircase going up to the main level. It's really going to be the gathering place from uh, the outdoor plaza. And then, as it was described, everything flows up uh, to the main concourse, which is one flow up. And, uh, you know, 
another thing area they showed us is uh, where there's going to be this Amazon Prime contactless concessions. And, uh, you know, I, I know in this COVID-19 pandemic world we live in, we're all concerned about how close we get to other people and how much human contact we actually are going to have. And uh, the way it was described, is, it, it, it seems pretty incredible. You, you walk into the concession area you, you log in with your, your Amazon Prime uh, account, you, you scan your phone, and everything's going to be on your cell phone. So if you don't have a cell phone and you want to go to an Islander game, you're going to have to get a cell phone. I'm sorry. And, and not a flip phone. Go go out and get an iPhone or a Samsung Galaxy. Just splurge if you want to go. You're, you're already paying a lot of money for the Islander tickets. Go get yourself a smartphone. You're going to need it because you, you scan your phone and then you go into this concession area and there are going to be no lines. There's going to be no checkout. You go up and you grab what you want and you go back to your seat. And I don't know because I'm not a scientist and I'm not this monitoring stuff you know, kind of creeps me out in a way. I don't know how they figure out what you have taken and how to charge you, but it's all through your Amazon Prime account, and and that's, you know, you're going to grab and go, basically. Um, as I mentioned, they still got to get all the bricks on the outside. That that will take some time, as Tim Laiwiki says. It's one brick at a time, <laughs> you know, so... Uh, Tim Laiwiki said the, the idea is to really honor the last 100 years of sports and entertainment. Uh, and I should make that clear, because as much as this is a, a home to the New York Islanders, it, it was also really designed as, uh, as a music hall, as a concert hall. Um, they're hoping to have 60, 60 concerts in there per year. Um, and Tim Laiwiki said they've already got, you know, 45 in the books. So, uh and, and he was also explaining, it was, you know, kind of techno babble for, for geeks who, who, you know, like construction. But on the event floor, unlike every other arena I've been in, the, the artists and the music acts will not have to share anything with the hockey teams. Uh, they have their own uh, dressing rooms. They have their own setups. The loading dock is huge. You can fit, I think it was 16 semi-trucks back in. So as, as Tim was describing... You can load in a concert for Friday with the huge staging, the rigging, everything. You can have a concert Friday. You can take everything down and just put it in the loading dock area, play a hockey game on Saturday, and then put the, the stage back up for another Sunday concert. So, you know, and the artists are going to love it. You don't want to know how spoiled the artists are, but basically they have their own hotel suite in there. They go right from the tour bus into their own hotel suite. They have showers back there, you know, their, their own green rooms, their own commissaries. I mean, and, and it's going to be completely separate from uh, the hockey dressing rooms, which is not the case in a, in a lot of arenas. So um, anyway, uh, I was talking about, you know, how everything's going to be honored. So, you know, they're, they're honoring the Wright brothers. They're, they're honoring 100 years of horse racing. Uh, one, one of the clubs is modeled after Count Basie's club. Um, and, and really, and I was asking Tim Laiwiki about this again because I'm so interested. I, I, I really do like horse racing and specifically uh, Belmont Park. I know some people, you know, uh, swear by Saratoga. It, it's all personal preference, but I, I really like being at Belmont Park. And, and Tim Laiwiki was talking about how 
closely they're going to work with NIRA, the New York Racing Association, and those leaders to create, they're calling it a campus, really. Uh, you know, if you think of sports complexes like, you know, the Meadowlands when it was going with the Giant Stadium and the Devils playing there, too, and, and they got that racetrack there. Um, you know, we're down in Philly where you have Wells Fargo, you have, uh, you know, the football, the link, uh, stadium there. And then, uh, you also have the baseball field. So you're really creating this kind of sports complex feel, uh, between the, uh, the racetrack and the arena. They, they call it a campus and they're trying to maximize, you know, having people on campus and, you know, uh, synergy between the two and, you know, doing dual events and, and really working with Naira to make it an overall experience there. And I, I got to say, I am really looking forward to the day when, you know, I, I can go cover a morning skate in the morning, get out to Belmont for, you know, say a, a noon post time, you know, catch a couple of races and then be at UBS for a game. I know it doesn't overlap a lot because Belmont's mostly spring-summer meets, but uh, there will be days. Um, and, and one other thing, uh, you know, when you talk about synergy with Naira and everything, the uh, if you're familiar with the Belmont Park logo, which is, sort of has a tree, uh, you know, some horses on it, that, that you're going to see that all over UBS Arena. It's going to be etched into the glass. So they're really, you know, it's one in the same UBS arena at Belmont Park. It is, it is a big complex there. And uh, those were my impressions. And, uh, you know, Tim Lewicki did, you know, did, you know, walk and talk, uh, lead the tour. So uh, I just wanted to finish with, with some of his comments on this. And we'll start with here, which is he, he talked about, uh, Lou Lamarillo, the Islanders' president and general manager's influence on the design of UBS Arena, and uh, and, and Tim Lewicki makes it very clear that Lou Lamarillo, which is no shock if you know Lou, had his had his hands and and his thoughts on, on everything that went into that building, and and also Tim Lewicki talks about you know, how much he welcomed that and, and cl- how close he is uh, with Lou Lamarillo. Lewicki obviously you know, has a background in the NHL uh, with the Los Angeles Kings, uh, the Kings and the Devils under Lou's watch. You know, they played in the 2012 Stanley Cup final. But uh, Tim Lewicki was talking about, you know, how close he is with, with Lou Lamarillo and what Lou Lamarillo and to a, uh, to a certain extent Coach Barry Trotz's influence on UBS Arena's design has been. This is called Lou Lamorello's influence. And so the one thing for sure, uh, Lou personally has been uh, leading the charge on our ice, our airflow, our capacity in the building, our chilling plants, the design of the locker room. So everything Barry and Lou have been involved with from day one. They've helped design the entire building and the entire back of house. And you'll pour Thursday. Uh, so a week from today, and then once we get it all polished, it'll sit there covered up for about 60 days and cure. And Lou and I don't talk about this much. We're professionally the two clo- the closest person I have in the industry is Lou Lamarillo. Mm-hmm. He's here because of me, and I'm here because of him. And so Lou wouldn't have been here without this, and I wouldn't have been here without Lou. We don't do anything without Lou. Lou and I see the world exactly the same okay now even if that was all bs i'd say that because lou's watching this interview but it's not 
So Lou's, um, Lou and I had the great pleasure and privilege of competing against each other in 2012 in the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, we had been long friends before that. We lived through that together. We grew even closer. And we have a bond between us. Um, I had dinner with him last night. He is my best friend in the business, and I'm very proud of the fact we are building this dream with Lou, for Lou, and for those players. These fans and these players have gone 30 years in the desert without a home. Mm -hmm. They've gone longer than any fan base in the National Hockey League. They deserve a permanent home, and they deserve a permanent home that is the best NHL rink in this city. And I'm not speaking poorly of any other arena because I love arenas. But this was built for the Islander fans to reward them for 30 years' worth of patience. And there is no one better at trying to protect the best interest Islander fans and the way this building is going to be designed and operated than Lou Lamorella. I also asked Tim Lewicki about, you know, as I mentioned, this is an arena for hockey fans. There's no question. Um, But it is also, like I said, built with uh, the concert goer in mind. So uh, I asked Tim Laiwicki how the two mesh and, you know, how to satisfy both needs. The trick to sports and music being compatible, and I had to say one of our, one of the buildings we honor and we respect the most is the garden for their acoustics. It's fantastic. That's what we're shooting for. So our engineering team and our architectural team, Populist, came in And they did sound analysis for us. And what we told them is we want it as close to the forum and the garden as possible for music and as close to the Coliseum for sports. And so what you see is a very steep bowl, but a lot of lower level seats. So that's the first thing for both hockey and music that are fantastic. We have a larger, lower level for music than any arena in New York. So we call those the P1 tickets. And our stage sneaks in the end there. So because that's all retractable, the stage slides back, which opens up even more standing and seating for music. But for sports, you you see how steep the building is. We don't have a huge upper bowl, so we don't have a huge ceiling. So it means at the end of the day, the, the noise sports our music doesn't get lost in the roof, which is critical. But by having a steep bowl where the fans sit on top of the ice, that's where the noise comes from. And by having as many lower level seats as we have, obviously our fans are very, very close to the players. For music, we have acoustical treatment. So you see all of our drywall that's now going in that's striped, that will get treated. So it'll be acoustic. We don't want bounce back. Our fans make enough noise. We don't need bounce. Music hates bounce. So you'll see, for example, in the suite level, our suites stick out. So we don't, we don't have a roof over our suite seats and we don't ultimately enclose our suite seats with glass because we didn't want any bounce back coming from that glass. So my partner and the partner in this building is Irving Azoff. He's the largest manager in music. He, he has a huge piece of trying to figure out acoustically, production wise, and from a living quarters space, how do we build this arena so it's the best arena in the country next to or equal to Climate Pledge Arena <laughs> for artists, but how do we protect sightline, sound, and noise for Islander fans? And that was a high priority. Having a steep, tight bowl like this, sneaking the stage in so that we don't have to compromise the bowl, and making sure we have more lower-level seats works out great for both music and sports. 
And finally, just on the subject of uh, horse racing and Stanley Cup uh, or NHL playoffs, I asked Tim Laiwicki whether it would be his, you know, fondest dream or, or his biggest logistical nightmare if there was ever a day where a Stanley Cup final game was scheduled at UBS Arena on the same Saturday uh, that Naira is uh, running the Belmont Stakes. Gary Bettman's fondest dream is to have a Stanley Cup game in the afternoon and the Belmont Stakes in, in late afternoon here. So it, right now it would be good for NBC. I'm not sure <laughs> if it's ESPN or NBC we'd be on. But we were laughing about that, and they said, well, why can't you make that happen? And I said, I think Gary has more input than I do there, so we'll let him figure that out. We clearly love being next to Belmont Park because it gives us a 440-acre campus where we could grow together. But I think what will come out of this is a new cooperation and partnership with Naira. So you will see us go after other things. This is a great point of destination for New York. We have spent $50 million plus on helping to fund the Long Island Railroad Station that's being built here, first one in 50 years. So for the campus, the key is when you spend... 150 million that we are spending on the common area and on the Long Island Railroad Station, you activate this campus. And that means Naira and us have to be completely committed. So that's it. That's, uh, that is my review and tour of UBS Arena at Belmont Park. I'm sure as we get closer to November, we'll be talking more about it. We'll have some guests talking uh, about it as well. Maybe get Tim Laiwicki back on uh, to discuss any updates. Uh, uh, that is in the future. But uh, again, that was my tour of UBS Arena. And I, I want to thank... Uh, uh, Tim Laiwicki of Oakview Group uh, for, for conducting it, and Michael Shortino of, uh, of the Islanders for uh, also lending a hand, and also uh, from the Islanders, Jay Bieberman for uh, helping set a lot of things up. So my thanks go out to uh, those gentlemen, and uh, I'm Andrew Gross in Newsday, and I appreciate you listening to uh, Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast for all our content on UBS Arena, and uh, in addition to this podcast, uh, I wrote an article on it. Uh, I know uh, Steve Langford produced a, uh, a, a two and a half minute, uh, basically, you know, TV news uh, clip on it, uh, in which yours truly is interviewed. Check that out to see me in an Islander's hard hat and a big orange vest, and I look like a construction worker, and uh, it was a good look for me, if I do say so myself. But uh, you can check that and, and, and a photo gallery on UBS Arena. All that is available on the Newsday website, newsday.com backslash aisles. Happy hockey, everybody.